Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. NFL Trend Zone is back, and this week we have a fantasy football focus because we're reading the room, and most of you had fantasy drafts coming up this weekend or early into next week, right before Rams-Bills kicks off next Thursday. So we're singularly and laser-focused on fantasy tonight. We're going to go through each offensive position and talk about players you should avoid, players that you should not overdraft, players you should seize upon, etc., and so forth. So we'll start with quarterbacks and go down the line. Hope you'll enjoy the fantasy show because that is on the agenda. Foremost, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and re- news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BLEAV50, believe 50. BLEAV50, it is believe 50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. It is our fantasy football episode. We only have less or about one week until the regular season starts. By the time you're listening to it, it'll probably be one week on the notes. So we're going to go through fantasy football opinions, primarily with Wes Johnson and Cody Spears. Jason Knight will fill in the cracks, hopefully with some comical color commentary. That's the objective. Anyhow, we're going to go position by position. And I'm going to ask these gentlemen to kind of give me players to avoid some like unsung players to scoop avoid drafting so-and-so so so high, and then rookies. Uh, We'll see how far we get on a standard roster. Cody, I will start with you at quarterback. This this question might be tough for you, telling you to avoid quarterbacks because of how much you love every single one of them that you've ever met. Uh, Let's see here, sir. Quarterbacks, who should you avoid in a PPR fantasy draft? Uh, So in a PPR fantasy draft, uh, I'm definitely avoiding Aaron Rodgers at cost. Uh, We just had a report come out today from Matt LaFleur talking about how he doesn't see any of his receivers in front of the other, and it's going to be a committee at wide receiver. And then we've also seen him come out and talk about how he thinks he has two RB1s and that Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon will both get the volume that they need to succeed this year, um, which also leads me to believe that A.J. Dillon could be a, a good buy for those that believe coach speak. But um, it's hard to bet against a two-time <laughs> MVP in the past two years uh, player. But, I mean, at his cost, he's going uh, – I know in Superflex leagues, he's going somewhere around no worse than, like, the ninth, tenth quarterback at worst-case scenario. And I don't th- even think he might not – make that he might just be um i think i will just say i predict big td regression for aaron Rodgers. uh maybe not so much on the yards but i do think aj Dillon is going to go off this year and take some of those points away from uh the passing offense would you have had this opinion if Devonte was still there oh definitely not they were okay. uh Devonte adams has one of the best td rates 
um, ever at 10%, um, which a good little footnote. Uh, I don't have this guy as a sleeper because everybody's been talking about him, <laughs> but Gabriel Davis is at 20%. So um, that's pretty crazy in itself. But uh, no, if, with Devontae Adams over there in Las Vegas, I definitely predict Aaron Rodgers to miss those. I mean, he was, I think, what, each of the last five years, Devontae Adams had double-digit touchdowns. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of touchdowns to be throwing to essentially nobody at this point. Yeah, no, it's a hodgepodge of hopefuls. They're they're all a step better than the Bears version of a hodgepodge, but regardless, <laughs> regardless like it's like the Bears have a bunch of WR3s aside from Mooney, and the Packers have what they consider WR2s, um, but there is no alpha. So hey, what, what what would you got real quick? What would you have considered Devontae Adams in his first three years, four years in the league? Um, before he broke out, definitely. Um, I'm trying to think of some player. Would he, would he be, would he be considered one of these hodgepodge guys that's on the team now? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Back in 2013. He was averaging like something like 500 yards a season or something like that, which is still promising. That's more than a lot of guys. Like I think Rondell Moore had less than that. And a lot of people are high on him this year, but, uh, yeah, the Devontae Adams thinks, best friends changed the Devontae Adams thinks needs to be kept in perspective, I think, oftentimes. I mean, it, that was a work in progress. That didn't mm-hmm. just come out of nowhere like a Justin Jefferson did. No, yeah, it's going to be all. real interesting to see how he works with Derek Carr, uh, considering they might even have more um, work, uh, you know, history with each other than Aaron Rodgers and Devontae. Yeah. Yeah, it took, uh, it took him until his third year to go over 500 yards receiving in a season. So basically about 35 games until he became kind of the Devante that, you know, now, and even then in 2016, he wasn't a superstar, but he was somebody that was a threat. And then uh, 2018 is when he just became a madman. Yeah. I had no clue that he came out in the draft with Mike Evans and OBJ and all of mm-hmm. them. He just gets lost in the shuffle because that was a mm-hmm. great rookie class. Yeah, it was. Wes, yeah. who's a quarterback that you'll avoid? Uh, quarterback, quarterback that I am avoiding is Dak Prescott. Um, his offensive line got worse coming into this season. And then during the preseason, he lost two starters, uh, yeah. one of which Tyron Smith will be gone until December, more than likely. Um, that's just a, a recipe for disaster. Uh, he's benefited from having great offensive line play for uh, the majority of his career. This will be, you know, his first season without that upper echelon line. So I I do think that he regresses a little bit. I think because of those offensive line woes, uh, they switched the offense to more uh, run heavy uh, couple in with, you know, they, they're down a few wide receivers too. So that all, all of that just to me spells recipe for disaster in terms of um, where people are drafting Dak and probably what they anticipate uh, to get from him. So, and on in that same vein, are you of the opinion the Cowboys really aren't, aren't that good? Are they right? I, I think they have a good team. Okay. Uh, they're definitely a more balanced team. Mm-hmm. I know we talked last year about how, they went into uh, that draft and they pretty much spent every single pick mm-hmm. on defense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that defense has had another year to mature. Uh, so I, I think 
you know, they, they will be competitive. Um, and it, instead of it being more one-sided where the offense is carrying the team, I, I think it'll be a little bit more of a, a balance, um, which also lends to more of a, a run focused offense mm-hmm. uh, that keeps, you know, the defense fresh and allows them to, uh, control the game a little bit more. Okay. And on quarterbacks, besides Tua, because we know that's your dude for fantasy purposes, uh, who is an unsung quarterback that you have been side-eyeing this whole couple weeks? It's got to be Tua, man. Yeah, I didn't plan for anything It's got to be Tua. Yeah, I didn't plan for anything else. I mean, Hey, Wes, let me ask you something about the yeah. Cowboys since we're talking about them, the, uh, that off, uh, Kellen, Kellen Moore. What, do you think that he... What are your thoughts on him? Just real quick. Um, I mean, he's been around that organ organization for so long. I, I think that, um, I think that he did a, a decent job. I, I question, you know, some of the play calling in the playoffs last year, but um, I think that he will stick around and you know, elevate this offense where, where it needs to be. You think, um, so you think he can adapt and grow and, and I think so. Okay. And I, I think the ultimate goal is, you know, he'll perform however he performs, get a head coaching gig uh, next summer. And uh, that'll open up the doors to usher in Sean Payton, which I think it's, the worst kept secret in in the business that that's <laughs> likely to happen. So. Yeah, and if they don't get Sean Payton, for all we know, they could be setting up Kellen Moore kind of to be that next yes man because you got to yeah. think Jer- Jerry Jones liked him enough to keep him and his offense despite a coaching staff change. Yeah, so he definitely has kind of a feel for him. Not to mention he played backup quarterback over there. I w- I'm trying to figure out what they dangled to him and Dan Quinn to stay because they were both at the front, at least the top 10 of the coaching pool during the carousel. And they both just quietly went back to Dallas. So they must have got some sweet ass something. Yeah, <laughs> because, you know, Kellen Moore, uh, you know, I think he interviewed I think he interviewed with the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Dan Quinn, I don't know if he did. I don't think he did. But yeah, I think he made the rounds and. And, you know, so everybody wants is well, the baby ended, face coach ended up uh, interviewing with Denver. And the reason that I asked that is because I think there were some rumblings out there. That was one of the reasons that he that he didn't get hired is because he didn't really have an explanation of what exactly his offense was. And there was a there was a uh, there was a, uh, uh, you know, rumblings, like I said, that he would more more along the lines, try to. And I know it's a copycat league, so I'm not saying that. I mean, everybody kind of takes bits and pieces from, you know, everyone else. But he he didn't have any – I don't even know what, if what I'm saying is making sense. But he didn't have a, a vision, if you will. Yeah, and that would be a big downside of an interview if it was like, you know, it just does the stuff. Yeah, he just kind of – he kind of kind of wings it. <laughs> uh, all right, Cody. Uh, unsurprisingly, Weston on brand for Tua as his unsung quarterback to covet. Uh, who is yours? Trey Lance, I guess. Uh, so actually, I had my notes in kind of a different format. I don't have any QBs in my notes, so I'm going to freestyle <laughs> this one like I did the Aaron Rodgers one. Uh, so my unsung QB would be Baker Mayfield. Uh, oh, this cool. is a guy who, in uh, the one one QB league that we just did, uh, lasted all the way till the second to last round when I took him. And mm-hmm. uh, he's someone that 
out of all the quarterbacks in the league, there's a handful of them that you don't want to do wrong or make them want to go seek vengeance because they're going to show up at a Pro Bowl level. And what better situation as far as skill players could Baker walk into other than a pass-catching running back, which fits his play style, mm-hmm. and then also DJ Moore, who also hovers kind of around the line of scrimmage. And you got a couple deep threats over there and Robbie Anderson. But um, that offense over there, uh, the Ben McAdoo offense, is all about those curls and those hitch routes and in the flats. And he has the players to succeed over there. And you get a Baker Mayfield who's healthy. This is a guy who was no worse than top 18 and PPR um, each of the last two years or not including last year, but the two years before that, which is good enough for um, to be your QB two and at most league formats. Uh, I think that he could have a career year this year in Carolina, assuming that their offense gets right and they beat up on some, maybe let's say, uh, obviously the Falcons are at the bottom of that cellar, but you know maybe the Saints or the Buccaneers take a step back with some of the Buccaneers injuries and the Saints transitioning to a new head coach. Yeah, uh, Baker Mayfield could surprise a lot of people this year. I saw a quote that said that he's gonna f the Browns up. Week <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. <laughs> the uh, such Bucks a have, badass Bucks have some keynote offensive line injuries, which could sink a forty-five-year-old quarterback or any quarterback, mm-hmm. but especially one who's geriatric. And then Baker May- <laughs> Baker Mayfield two years ago had twenty-six touchdowns and eight interceptions, and that was playing healthy. Last year he tried to play through the pain, and it was seventeen and thirteen. So in theory, if he's healthy and he has all these glorious weapons, especially the almighty anxiety reducer and McCaffrey, like Cody said, it really shouldn't. Because we were super, we were talking about Mayfield about what kind of contract he was going to get at this mm-hmm. time last year, and then we're laughing at about laughing about him five months later. Yeah, and you so. and you got to think that uh, a guy like uh, Robbie Anderson is going to pull his head out of the dirt and uh, you mm-hmm. know want to be better as well. Just be, I think the situation that they were both that 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 team was in last year caused so many of the the wide receiver issues personally, but yeah. And then Darnold's out of his Baker's hair for two months. So yeah, well, you, know, you mean the guy that we all want to just kind of punch? <laughs> yeah, that's, that guy. That's, that's him. And uh, I've dished on Sam Darnold on this show before. <laughs> I, I, got, I work with a guy that's that says that he man, I can't believe that Baker beat out Darnold. I'm like, yeah. dude, do you even watch football, man? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Who is somebody besides Rogers that's drafted too high at quarterback? Cody. Um, you know, it could no, let's see. Man, it's that's a tough one for me. You know, I'm an optimist with my QB. It's probably Derek Carr. Uh, yeah. He's a guy who's being taken ahead of Kirk Cousins everywhere. Mm-hmm. And Kirk oh, yeah. Cousins has done nothing but beat him in every fantasy metric uh, <laughs> um, for their whole careers. Yeah. And I don't think, so what, he gets a Devontae Adams. We have a Justin Jefferson. And you can mm-hmm. go on on the list like that. Um, I think our offensive line is head and shoulders better than theirs. Yeah, there's uh, our, division socks, is, that's our division's easier to beat up on. I mean, every everything points to Kirk Cousins having a much better year than Derek Carr. And the only thing Derek Carr has on him is what, three years in age? Mm-hmm. That's, I, I can't think of any other reason why he goes higher except he's cooler. 
Yep. Yeah, I was going to say a slightly more lovable reputation, even though his QB record that they love to throw around is significantly worse than Cousins. But nobody cares but, about cars. But, but but he shouldn't have that that reputation at all. After especially after that picture of him sitting on the bench where they compare him to the dude from Home Alone. I mean <laughs> that that reputation should have been squashed at that moment. <laughs> yeah, and I also don't want to miss out on these uns or these players to avoid or being drafted too high quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Definitely fantasy wise, you got to go for the ones with the mobile upside because mm-hmm. I, I almost won't take a quarterback that doesn't rush the ball a little bit. You got Malik Willis could, I mean, just look at Jalen Hurts last year. Yeah, was, oh, I had him. I honestly, had him. Yeah, he's an awful passer, but you get, yeah. you get at least five attempts a game. You're going to be top 20, whether you throw um, 15 touchdowns and 20 interceptions, you rush for 400, 500 yards. You're yeah. you're gonna put up some points. Just it's like Marcus Mariota's. He's another sneaky ad. You weren't a regular on the show yet, but I think it was week one, two, no, week two or three. They played the Cowboys, and I remember watching it. I think it was on Sunday night, and Hertz was on my b- bench, and I, you know, he was gonna be my contingency plan for whatever I had. <laughs> I remember watching one. This guy sucks. I was like, why do I have this guy? And then slowly, whatever happened, he ended up being Set my starter. Halftime. <laughs> yeah. And and I didn't even and it was good to have him as a starter because to your point, the mobility, he just always got you 25 mm-hmm. points. Yeah, so you gotta say very good. Good for at least 25 per. Yeah, and he's not well, he wasn't he this might have been the year before. I can't remember when I remember watching it and him missing targets, thinking, God, what a shitty pick this was. And <laughs> no, no, he's right up there with him. Uh Wes, who is a quarterback that's being drafted too high? Uh, for me, and speaking to the mobility that Cody was just referencing, uh, it's going to be Joe Burrow. Um, I've seen in a few drafts I've been in, he's been going yeah. as um, you know one of the first five quarterbacks, which is just entirely too too high. I mean, they're um, you know running off of his Super Bowl run from last year, and he did put up you know, relatively good numbers throughout the regular season. Uh, but they were playing on a, a fourth place schedule. Uh, this year, they're going to be playing on a first place schedule. Um, he's been nursing that uh, injury in the preseason. And then defense coordinators uh, have had a whole off season to start scheming uh, for him. Uh, now that there's you know more tape on him. So I, I just think all of that boils down to um, a step back from you know what a lot of people are anticipating and what a lot of people are expecting from him. Uh, definitely not one of the top five in fantasy this year. Um, I'd say he's on the the backside of the top ten. Yeah, I think the <clears throat> the problem is that you saw him in living color get to the Super Bowl with a little bit of luck that the Bengals encountered, but now he became everybody's, you know, next big Joe Montana thing. And therefore he has that sizzling aura and you're like, Oh, I'm gonna get him. He's, he's a lock in which he might be, he, they might get the Super Bowl again, but it doesn't directly translate to fantasy galore because he's not incredibly nimble. Like, you know, Josh Allen uh, last year, the, the top ranked quarterbacks at the end of the season per fantasy points, were Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, and Kirk Cousins. That's how it all flushed out in the end for 
for posterity. Um, let's see. Let's do this one's a little tricky because it's quarterbacks and this was a horrid draft class, at least compared to what years the past have been. Um, Wes, who is one quarterback that you would stash in a deep league rookie quarterback? Yeah, for uh, for these rookie questions, uh, as we go through them, I, I think Cody and I will both answer them to the best of our ability. And, um, you know, if, we'll approach it with like a, a what if type of mm-hmm. uh, scenario here on some of these positions where uh, the talent just isn't there to shine through right away in normal years. Uh, I think uh Desmond Ritter and Kenny Pickett have a chance to start at some point this this year. So um, the answer is probably one of those two. But for myself, I'm going to go with uh, Sam Howell as the dark horse out of oh, wow. Washington. Uh, he had some pretty good looking tape uh, in uh, these preseason games. Uh, definitely seem he seems like the type of player where. Uh, the rest of his teammates will rally around him. Uh, I'm not sold on Carson Wentz being an NFL quarterback or starting caliber one anymore. Um, and so who he has left to beat is Taylor Heineke, which, I mean, it, we saw from Heineke last year. And I, while he's serviceable, I, I think he's best served to be a backup in this league. So. Um, I I like Sam Howell as my dark horse candidate for for quarterback this year. Yeah, Taylor Heineke is one of those people we're going to see become an offensive coordinator in the next couple of years. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Who's yours, uh, Cody? Uh, if gun to your head, pick a rookie quarterback. Uh, so potentially a great fantasy footballer. I got Malik Willis, uh, which might be surprising. I've been off of him all summer, but after this preseason. Uh, he's shown off his explosive dual threat abilities. Uh, the Titans have a 35-year-old Ryan Tannehill, but we've seen young QBs rush their way to prominence recently, like we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think we've seen a QB this electric since Lamar Jackson. And just to touch on that rushing upside again for QBs, uh, it's un it's it's unbeatable. Uh, you got Trey Lance. I got him predicted to be at least fifth in uh, fantasy points per game, but he he may not even be a top ten top 15 passer. I mean, that's how much rushing really matters uh, whenever it comes to quarterback and Malik Willis, he might be, um, you know, uh, not so much a great real life quarterback, but he might be a fantasy stud in the future. Yeah. If you think about it right now, Tannehill, there's got a number one seed in the AFC. And I think most worlds like, yeah, he's a good quarterback, but it's also, if Malik came in, absolutely nobody would care that Tannehill went to the bench. You'd be like, oh, good. Yeah, they're not going to miss much. Isn't that weird? Yeah, and that's that's crazy because they, like you said, they're the number one seed. It makes you think we put a couple other quarterbacks over there. They probably might have gone undefeated. Yeah, that's that, and it's hard to you know have any Tannehill slander because he's a decent quarterback, and there's just uh, he he's separated from from the top eight or so by by the it factor, I guess. All right, we'll get into some of the juicy stuff with running backs. Wes, why don't you start us off with running a running back or however many you want to mention to avoid altogether? Uh, The one I have is Nick Chubb, which might surprise some people. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a reason for this. Um, I don't believe Cleveland has a a serviceable quarterback for 
uh, the first 11 weeks of, of the football season. And even when Deshaun Watson returns off of suspension, he's still going to be a quarterback that hasn't played for well over two years. Um, what we saw in the preseason from his brief appearance, it wasn't good from Deshaun Watson, that is. Uh, so what does this all mean? It means that Chubb's going to see a lot of eight-man, nine-man boxes. Defenses are going to be daring Jacoby Brissett to beat them with his arm, which I just I don't see happening all that often. So I, I think it's going to create a lot of um, – second and long and third and long situations for this uh, Cleveland offense, uh, which will keep Chubb off the field. Uh, it'll be more uh, cream hunt in, in those situations. All right, Cody, you, what do you got? Uh, so I got two running backs and the players to avoid. Um, the first one I got is Josh Jacobs. Uh, this is a surprising RB 13 last year. seems like he's been discounted in the past two years and just keeps showing up. But uh, he actually set career highs in receiving marks last year. The argument for him this year is that a more efficient offense could lead to more TD opportunities. However, this year, it seems like Amir Abdullah is primed to take over uh, on passing downs. And a Damian Harris role appears likely for Josh Jacobs. And I'm just not convinced that they don't want to put their new rookie, uh, Zamir White, in that role. Mm-hmm. Um Best case for Josh Jacobs, if you draft him this year, is that Josh McDaniels is going to want to run him into the ground like he has in a, with a few <laughs> Patriots running backs uh, the past few years because he's going to be a free agent after this year. So, I mean, this could he's going to be boomer bust. He's either going to have a lot of touches, maybe no passing work, um, or he's going to get phased out by December and he's going to be backing up Zamir White, who was the number one prospect for running backs whenever he came out of high school. What about... Uh, Sorry, go ahead. How so, old is Jacobs? Did you uh, say? 24. 24. So still young. But Yep. Uh, any questions? I was about to go on to the next one. Oh, you oh, good? No, no, go ahead. Okay. Uh, the second one I got is Cam Akers. Uh, he's already dealing with a soft tissue injury along with his teammate, Darrell Henderson. Cam Akers flashed in the second half of his rookie season, but that's already seeming like it was ages ago. Uh, you talk about a committee backfield with the 27th ranked running back schedule, and it makes me doubt that Akers gets that full workload he needs at that ADP. Um, I think it's like 19 right now, but I don't think he's going to get that full workload with Darrell Henderson there. And um, not to mention McVay mentioned that he feels like he has two RB1s, which it seems like everyone's saying these days. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, like, stop saying that. <laughs> yeah, but I, I'd rather deal with, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon rather than two fragile running backs. And then <clears throat> the thing that's tricky about acres is so young. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. looked so great at Florida state. People were talking about how he was rivaling Dalvin coming out of there. Yeah. Wes, who are you coveting in a quiet way? Um, who am I coveting? Mm-hmm. Uh, Saquon, Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going at the end of round two, sometimes round three. Um, I did a mock draft earlier tonight. He was uh, available in the fourth round. Um, wow. There's too much talent there to to pass on him. Um, if you look historically over the last, I think it's eight years, um, 
the RB one of each fantasy football season has been um, younger than 27 years old uh, and has prior seasons where they've produced numbers and uh, Saquon was one of uh, five running backs that fits that category. So, um, you know, if he can stay healthy, uh, he's got as good a shot as any to, to finish at the top. Can I ask you something quick about these running backs like Saquon in particular, and then we could even throw Christian McCaffrey in there. Mm -hmm. Um, We talked a couple shows ago about, you know, them getting to that 27 year old clip and uh you know we all think of that as being old for a for a running back but with some of these guys like like those two that, that I just mentioned um you know they get injured and then they end up sitting out for almost a full year or in some cases an entire year uh granted the injury is 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 brutal but does that kind of extend that age maybe a year because they're not out there getting beat up every single week. I mean, yeah, they're nursing an injury, but they're not taking all the, the other punishment that, that in an otherwise healthy running back would endure during a year. That's what, we said, what that's what we said about Adrian when he got suspended. I'm about to turn 42 and <laughs> I can tell you that I, I feel a lot worse uh, about to turn 42 than I did when I turned 41. So take <laughs> no. that for what, what you will. Yeah, but I mean, you know what? Hey, you, you know what I mean, though. Yeah, right? the tread, the tread yeah. on the tire. Uh huh. Yeah, 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 the tread on yeah. the tire. I mean, I should, I should feel like I'm seventy. <laughs> you know, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm fifteen, boys. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you what, that for as much alcohol as I consumed in my twenties, I'm like preserved. <laughs> Did yourself a favor. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, it's like, he, man. Uh, just to jump back on. Uh, <laughs> What Cody was talking about with um, uh, Acres, uh, somebody compiled a list of all the running backs who've had uh, Achilles injuries and how quickly they are out of the league. Uh, short, usually shortly thereafter. Uh, Lendell White, Andre Brown, Mikel Lashore, Ernest Graham, Kendall Hunter, Beanie Wells, Vic Ballard, Joe McKnight, Arian Foster. Um, this is towards the tail end of his career. He was cut and out of out of the league um, the year that he returned. Brandon Oliver, Donta Foreman, Isaiah Crowell, and Marlon Mack. So is that all of them, or just the ones that that happened to? Uh, the ones that the Achilles that had an Achilles injury since 2010. Oh, really? So it's a so. For instance, if Ezekiel Elliott had a. Achilles injury would he have been on there for bouncing back or is, or is he pointing out every single person that's had one and that's what happened every running back does holy one. shit yeah since then, then, 2010 then that's terrifying yeah depending uh, on being on when foster had his i can't remember because he had a couple of humongous seasons i would love to see that exact stat from 1990 to ni- uh, 2000 yeah i would love to see that because you never heard about it really then did you like when you when the running back was the dominant force of the league. I mean, we're talking Barry Sanders and Thurman Thomas and Emmett Smith that just never ever seemed to miss time. Yeah. No, it was it was so strange that <laughs> there are a lot of things in football, but I look back and I I try to remember like is it was it just so quiet the guys got hurt because it, it's like I swear to God at this point in the season you have at least two or three torn ACLs. Yeah. And it just it seemed like. 
it seemed like that used to be like a oh my god, really? And then now it's like, oh, ACL. He'll be out back for the year. Yep. And out for the year. We'll see you next year. Yeah. And it's not like humans' ACLs just got weaker in 20 years. So it must have just because because we didn't have Twitter or mass media. We must have just not cared about it. Back yeah, because I, I never remembered watching a Broncos season and having a guy go out all year. Yeah, yeah. It was, I mean, and, the, and then to your point, um, it being more vicious back then, but running backs still playing through it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, it was just I, so I would love to see the stats there. Um, you know, a but, lot uh, of it. A lot of it, too, is the the science of it. You know, yeah, um, I think wasn't. Aren't the Vikings uh, big on the uh, the shuttle drill and the mm-hmm. uh, the cone drill, which all these quick twitch movements where players are timed um, and yeah. speed is of of an essence. I mean, back ten years ago, uh, speed was still supreme, but it was mainly forty time. What's your forty mm-hmm. time? Yep. Yeah. Now. They're they're focusing their attention onto other areas, and and that's also what I can see being a cause of it is you know um, they're asking these players to shift their joints and shift them quickly, uh, more so than probably their body can handle. And then by doing that, then like the, all those drill drills, does does that like factor into a situation like what I witnessed with Tim Patrick, where he just collapsed. I mean, he, nobody even around him. He just caught a ball and fell. Yeah. yeah. So all that contributes eventually to this thing, just completely going kaput. Yeah. That's, that's what Durant did in the NBA finals. He looked around, yeah. he looked behind him. He was like, who the hell just hit my leg? <laughs> there was nobody there. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember when Richard Sherman tore his Achilles, uh, the first thing he was, he hobbled off to the sideline and he was telling all of his teammates and everybody, he's like, it's, it's torn. It's my Achilles. I knew it was going to happen. And then it, I think it was in an interview afterwards. He was telling people that he could feel it all summer long. He could feel that his Achilles was going to pop and it was going to pop soon. And he had no choice, but to either get surgery, miss the year or just hope to hope that it didn't pop. So that, that's bizarre. Where is that? Anyway, I mean, like where, where would you notice that? That's it. Like by the I don't knee? know. I know sometimes whenever I walk a lot, my Achilles will be feeling kind of sore, and mm-hmm. I think about that Richard Sherman thing all <laughs> the time. I'm like, man, do, I cannot yeah. afford to blow an Achilles right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's a, uh, who's your rookie one or two RBs? Uh, Cody. Uh, oh, we got the drafted too high. I think. Oh, my bad. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Drafted too high, Cody. Oh no, I didn't even get to the unsung players. Oh, you did. Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. Um, but I do have a really good one in Eno Benjamin. Uh, Eno has had a great summer putting a chokehold on that number two role in Arizona. Uh, many thought it would go to Daryl Williams of the Chiefs. Uh, Eno profiles as a pass catcher behind the often injured James Conner. Uh, it's also a role that had Chase Edmonds, another one of my guys, uh, to a <laughs> RB21 role as an RB2 pass specialist before his injury. So if Eno Benjamin is able to slot in there and then maybe even take over some games that James Conner might not be participating in, he could definitely have some RB1 weeks. The thing is, you know, Benjamin is essentially free in most formats. This is a guy that you can take with your last pick of every draft. And before you know it, it's October and you're starting him in a team that does like to feature its uh, running backs on passing downs. Oh, wow. Okay. Wes, did you do one? Um Players drafted too high. 
Uh, players. No, I I need to do that. Oh, one. I'm sorry. Yeah, I skipped it. Go ahead. And and this one is uh, gonna rub Cody the wrong way. Uh, I got Travis Etienne. Um, he's going uh, in the fourth or the fifth round mm-hmm. in a lot of drafts. Uh, right at the beginning of uh, the running back dead zone. Um, he has a ton of promise. I I think he has a lot of talent. I just think the uh, coaching is set up for him to possibly fail. Uh, if you look at Doug Peterson, when he was in Philadelphia, he misused the talent that he had in Miles Sanders. Mm-hmm. Um, Miles Sanders for years was that tease tailback where you thought you were getting a, a good starting fantasy running back and he he'd get you downfield and then uh, they'd go to Boston Scott or somebody else uh, for uh, the touchdown. And I just, I see it set up right now for ETN to where, you know, that might happen to him. So I, I'm fading him at his current, current value of the fourth and fifth. Yeah, that- you're, you're hoping he disappoints. You know, I have him in, I have him in every league that we're in together. Do you think James Robinson still plays a role then Wes, or is it just, is it just that NTN will be ignored? He might, uh, I don't anticipate it early. Okay. Uh, they also drafted Snoop Connor, who uh, he's a bigger back. He should get more of the the goal line work. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I hope I'm wrong because I, I like him, the player. I like him coming out of Clemson, but I just mm-hmm. Doug Peterson and the way that he misused Miles Sanders because. Now Sirianni's using Miles Sanders the same way. So yeah. it's just um Miles Sanders is a good tailback and he's just I don't think he's been given the shot at the workload that he could probably handle. Yeah, see, I'd I'd argue that Miles Sanders is too hurt all the time. You never get consistent. But I mean, we're just gonna have to agree to disagree. We can go about <laughs> this all night long. <laughs> and re- remember, remember Peterson. When they won their Super Bowl, Sanders wasn't around yet, but they won it with a 31-year-old LeGarrette Blount is the one that Peterson featured. He got the bulk mm-hmm. of the carries, yards, in the playoffs, and that's when they had Jay Ajay, Corey Clement, and Wendell Smallwood, and Sproles at the tail end. Yep. So that all is that to say is that Peterson may not need a feature back. Yep. Well, he doesn't. We have right. some fucking pudding, so... Yeah. All right, Cody, yeah, you're up next. Best friend factor with Travis Etienne <laughs> and Trevor Lawrence. Y'all know y'all can't discount my best friend factor. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. My players drafted too high. I got Joe Mixon. Uh, we got a second contract running back, which I always try to pass on. But um, pun intended, he has passing down questions. Uh, remember, uh, since he pulled Mixon for those last two minutes in the Super Bowl, they don't trust this guy on passing downs. Uh, Mixon had the perfect storm last year. He ranked in top three in most red zone categories for running backs, and he's going in the second round of drafts where, honestly, I'd rather be taking Saquon Barkley uh, primed for a bounce back year or even Nick Chubb, um, contrary to what Wes was saying earlier. I think that uh, Deshaun Watson being out, Nick Chubb has shown that he's similar to AP in the sense that you could have a 12-man box. He's probably still going to get four yards a clip. Uh, it don't matter how many pe- how many times I think that they're going to run the ball. They got Nick Chubb there to, 
to take all those carries and then give them some relief with Kareem Hunt and maybe keep the drive going. And uh, maybe just volume is king. We saw with Najee Harris, volume led him. He wasn't even exactly efficient last year, and it led him to uh, what I believe is a top five finish for running backs. All right, let's see. That brings us to Wes. Top rookie? Yeah. Um, it, in terms of scoring for the season, it'll probably be Damian Pierce. Uh, he'll have the, the workload uh, without much competition for him to um, cement himself as probably the, the top fantasy rookie uh, running back. Uh, but I, I also like Zamir White is a dark horse. Um, I think with him being a back that um, McDaniel drafted, um, them not necessarily being sold on Josh Jacobs, I I think that White's going to get a chance and get a chance early to be featured. Uh, they also have Amir Abdullah um, that they want to mix in for uh, some pass catching work too. So um I like White. That's fair. Your rookie Cody. I like White, but this one's Rashad White out of Tampa <laughs> Bay. His receiving profile coming out of the draft was absolutely bonkers. It ranked first or close to it in every single running back category. Uh, yeah, in every single running back uh metric. Uh, should Lenny become injured or become fat Lenny again, Rashad White could have the volume to go off, especially with the immobile 45-year-old QB who's already proven he likes to check down. This could be someone who's similar to Javante Williams. Uh, last year in fantasy football, Javante Williams was a, a solid third behind Najee and Travis Etienne. And then by the end of the year, Javante Williams is being touted as a top five dynasty RB uh, mm-hmm. Rashad white could be that next guy. Uh, there's reports saying that uh, he has shades of levy on bell and David Johnson, you know, Bruce Arians had a say in that pick. Mm-hmm. And then also uh, Rashad white is clearly head and shoulders. The best receiving back we've seen come out of college since Alvin Kamara. And that paired up with uh, if anything, inconsistent learning for net uh, at least season to season. And, uh, a check down Tom Brady, who's not, not necessarily checked down, but we know that he likes to throw to the flat if they're open. He'll take that every day. So, yeah, I got Rashad White. I have him, honestly, in almost every single league except for one when West took him instead in the Ocho League. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Jason, how how much of the workload percentage-wise do you expect Javante to get for the Broncos? Is it like 60-40 or more than that? I think 60-40 is a good fair number to, to, to run with, yeah. Okay. I mean, I you know, I, I think that uh, – I think Hackett loves them both, and I think he's really high on, on Melvin Gordon as well. Um, you know, I think, you know, as a coach, you know, even though Melvin's getting up there in age, but you're looking at last year's production and – I mean, splitting the workload and each of them getting about a thousand yards and, you know, you you almost got to stick with that formula until Melvin proves he can't do it anymore. Yeah, Melvin is 29. He'll be 30 in the spring. Uh, I think Cody brought up Adrian Peterson real quick. I I was kind of thinking the other day that he might be the last Hall of Fame running back that doesn't catch the ball, didn't catch the ball. You know how how I'm just not effective whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. He just did not 
have that in his tool bag. And of course, if you gave it to him wide open, he could break you off for 80 yards. And that happened once in a while. But you think about the way that football is changing. He might be the last like Jim Brown type back that just ran the ball that um, that we'll see. Yeah, yeah, we I don't think we'll see another. You know, yeah, and, and, because and, I don't think and, they're raised like that anymore. No, they're not. And even it, yeah, God, and you guys brought up just now Le'Veon Bell. I mean, it seems like yesterday that everybody was just going ballistic over that guy. You know, I mean, and then Antonio Brown too, and now now he's nothing. How old is Le'Veon Bell? Hey, he's boxing now. <laughs> boxing Adrian Peterson, matter in fact. But I mean, <laughs> Le'Veon Bell was so good. He's I mean, got to be 29, 30, yeah, but 30, 30. So not, I mean, really, I mean, not old, but I mean, by running back standards these days, ancient, mm-hmm. how long was his domination? Because it seemed to last forever. Uh, rookie, rookie contract because yep. he sat four, out after four, that. Yeah. Four years that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And then he got hurt in the middle of it, but uh, yeah, he was in the, at the absolute like dominance in 2014, 2200 yards total from scrimmage. <laughs> Got hurt in 2015 and then had 1,900 yards in 2016 and 1,946 yards in 2017. Jeez. Bada bang, Cody nailed it. He had the contract dispute and that was it. (laughs) That was it. Went to the, yeah, it was horrible, horrible with the Jets. Speaking of of Adrian Peterson being awesome, what (laughs) other players do you think, if you have like the NBA rules, I had this conversation at work yesterday. What other players could go directly from high school to the NFL? And Ooh. and have success. You got to think Adrian Peterson could have done it. That was oh, one yeah. grown man boy coming out of high school. Yes, he was. <laughs> oh, goodness. But yeah. it's just kind of food for thought. It was an interesting conversation. There wasn't very many answers. As Yeah, no. It, for it. football, there's really not. And Adrian is the first one that always pops out um, because he was ready. I mean, there's just no other way around it. Yeah. But like, almost <laughs> like one in a million type of thing. Could have been like a junior in high school playing in the NFL. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Let's do uh, wide receivers as our final topic. Um, uh, let's see. Wes, we'll start with you on wide receivers to avoid this coming week in your fantasy drafts. Uh, for me, uh, it's Deontay Johnson. Uh, I think the offense will be a little more run first. Uh, there's no noodle arm Big Ben to pepper him with, you know, three or four four or five yard targets, which uh, he seemed to feast on. Um, And then I I think there's more competition in the passing game for him uh, with the addition of Pickens, uh, a second Mm -hmm. year with uh, Fryermuth and Claypool still there as well. Um, But yeah, I, I think the quarterbacks that are in place are more likely to try and push the ball downfield. All right. Uh, on also Claypool, he's also super confusing to me because I guess it always sticks in my mind that people thought he was on par with Jefferson in 2020. Mm-hmm. And to me, I, that always sticks with me because it's like, all right, well, yeah, if, if, he's, he's going to be pretty good. And then looking at him throughout fantasy drafts, I stared at him in our dynasty draft for five days thinking, oh, God, yeah. yeah, like I, I missed the memo on him not being good anymore. That's happened to me. And like most of my drafts will be there after Iuke in like the 11th or 12th round. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he's played in the slot this whole time, but I know he is going to be their slot receiver this year, which I thought was noteworthy. But his first year, he just had too many TDs. Second year, he had two. 
So I mean, it's, yeah, it's a recency bias in this hey, that, I'm, that's, I'm snapping them up wherever I can. Hey, that's still two more than Jerry Judy had last year. Let's uh, <laughs> yeah. stay yeah. away from Jerry Judy or Miles Sanders who had all those touches and zero touchdowns. Just maniacal. Uh, who's your wide receiver to avoid, Cody? Sweet. I got two for us in the avoid section. My first one is Debo Samuel. I've talked about it before in the past. He had many long TDs. And uh, as far as his career arc, if you're <laughs> drafting him right now, you're you're drafting him for last year. You're drafting him at his ceiling. He probably does not have a better year than he did last year. So um, if you draft him at his ADP right now, uh, you usually around like the third round, you're probably not getting that value back. Uh, especially, I expect a big jump from Ayuk downfield while Lance Vulture's Debo's rushing TDs. And of note, nearly 30% of Debo's fantasy points came from rushing the football. Mm-hmm. Uh, my second one is over in Philadelphia with Devonta Smith. This is possibly the greatest college wide receiver of all time. And I was a huge fan of his until they threw a wet blanket on it with A.J. Brown. <laughs> Uh, Devonte Smith has suddenly become a TD independent wide receiver three, although his talent definitely suggests otherwise. I expect AJ Brown to have all those targets funneled to him in the slot while having Goddard Bell out Jalen Hurts in the intermediate area of the fields. Um, the best case for Smith is that he's going to have lighter coverage. He did pretty good against a lot of double coverage last year, but I'm just not buying that Jalen Hurts is going to start refraining from tucking the ball and taking off with it to support three good fantasy players and Goddard, Devonta Smith, and A.J. Brown. But I do have A.J. Brown. He's going to do awesome this year. So at Smith's expense. And then who do you consider on par? Quez Watkins or Zach Paschal? On on par with what? I thought you said that Devonta is going to be WR3. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. WR three for fantasy football. Maybe. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, okay. Yeah, he'll he'll score at best thirtieth best wide receiver in the league. Yeah, and then Rager out of the way doesn't do anything for you. Yeah, that doesn't move the needle at all. <laughs> I'm not sure they were throwing to that guy in the first place. <laughs> he got 111 <laughs> targets in the last two years. Thank you very much. Oh, that's actually not bad. Yeah, yeah. It just it doesn't it doesn't mirror what he should have got as a first rounder. But it, I mean. It, I think there's uh there's this small misconception that Rager like didn't play and that's false. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he got targeted 111 times two years, which is meh. Yeah, first JJ Osega Whiteside, then Jalen Rager. Mm-hmm. At least they got it figured out now. Their Philly's wide receiver room is pretty scary. You got one guy who's like the flash, another one's the incredible Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> and their defense. Oh yeah. Murderous. Yeah. All right, Wes, who's yours? Uh, mine is Mike Williams. Um, I think that he's continued to build a rapport with uh, Herbert uh, over, over each of the last few years. He started out last season on fire. Uh, I think he was one of the top two or three wide receivers the first over the first five yeah. seasons. Wide receiver two behind Cooper Cup. He always yeah. has wonderful stretches. I swear to God. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, you know, he'll start to put it together this year. Um, I believe he faded a little bit last year with an injury, uh, which also could be, you know, the knock on him. I, I know every once in a while, an injury will pop up and keep him out for a couple games. But um, I, I anticipate him to take that next step. 
Okay, so that's one to covet. Mm-hmm. Okay, did you give your WR to avoid or not? Uh, I did not. Oh, let's hear that one too. Oh, so for for this one, um, this wide receiver last year he had four hundred yard. Uh, or more receiving games and six touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going as the ninth wide receiver off the board. His uh, per game average last year was 67 yards and 6.2 catches. Uh, does that sound like wide receiver, the ni- ninth best wide receiver off the board? Mm-mm. Thank you. That was Mr. Keenan Allen, who is the <laughs> o- opposite wide receiver to Mike Williams. So I have Mike Williams. Uh, ahead of Keenan Allen, I think that uh, drafting Keenan Allen this high, you are setting yourself up for some disappointment. Um, he is getting up there in age. I, I think that he's a security blanket for Herbert, but I do believe that they start to shift uh, some of this offense to Williams. You know, your uh, your lead up to that reminded me of the dude from ESPN with the two going like this when he was talking about the Nets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were like, there's a guy who did this, he did that. What do you think about this? You delivered the punchline. Whatever that guy's name is, that's what Brian Windhorst. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Windhorst meme. There we go. Yeah. Uh, Cody, who's your WR to avoid? Oh, I already gave you mine too. Um, I am now. Oh, wait. To... Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, coveted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who, uh, coveted uh, players. So uh, I actually, this is my favorite player. I did notes on tonight. The more I found out about him, the more I was just happy. I have him in most leagues. Um, Isaiah McKenzie. This is another one of those guys that goes at the back of drafts. He uh, was considered to be maybe just a special teams player this year in Buffalo after they signed Jamison Crowder. Uh, turns out that Isaiah McKenzie had a great summer and he's going to get the first crack at slot receiver for probably the best passing offense in the league. Uh, the most hyped wide receiver in Buffalo this year is Gabriel Davis, but McKenzie is really the best buy at his cost. Uh, McKenzie has 185 yards and three touchdowns in his two Buffalo Bills starts. And this is a role that Cole Beasley averaged over 100 targets a year from, uh, which was good for 34th in the league last year. Uh, Isaiah McKenzie is hands down. He's better than Beasley. Go get this guy. He is wide receiver 83 and will possibly be 40, maybe even a little bit higher at the end of the season. People are sleeping on him. And then I got uh, one more for y'all. I mm-hmm. cannot leave uh, without putting this on air. Uh, Kyron Williams for the Rams. <laughs> I, I, I'm a deep cut. Nobody, yeah, everybody's off of him right now. Um, but he was drafted in the fifth round. He deserves to have his name tossed in there with all these other rookie running backs everybody's crazy about. As great as a receiving profile as Rashad White had, that I was discussing earlier, Kyron Williams wasn't that far behind him. Uh, he was expected to go day two before a dreadful combine perform- performance. Despite that, he was still taken by the high-powered offense over there. Um, he did sustain a foot injury that kept him out of OTAs, but McVay was already sold that he saw enough from him to hold him out of all of the preseason, even though he was healthy. And to touch on what I talked about earlier, Cam Akers and Darrell Henderson are fragile, and neither one of them are known for their pass catching prowess so there is a small lane for opportunity for uh this fifth round running back who really just fell in the draft because of a poor workout okay so, so kyron williams make note of him circling back to the rbs right yep. yeah okay i was making sure i hadn't missed some memo that he was shifted or something um no 
All right, we got two more for wide receivers then in that Cody, it's uh, WR is drafted too high. Wes is if he has an additional one to Keenan Allen, but uh, who's yours? Cody? Okay. Oh, mm-hmm. What are we doing? Players drafted too high? Oh, yeah, so that's wide receiver. I got, I got Jalen Waddle. Uh, this guy expect he exceeded, yeah, and I know Wes isn't going to like this one. Uh, he exceeded high expectations his rookie season. He broke Anquan Bolden's rookie reception record. I mean, everybody's all about this guy. He's going to be a top 15 wide receiver in Dynasty and redraft. And then the Dolphins trade for Tyreek Hill. <laughs> Tyreek Hill, highest paid receiver in the league. Uh, he's definitely going to be their wide receiver one. I still expect them to feature Waddle on designed plays deep. That's what he's best at. Um, but I expect Tyreek Hill to command a considerable target share for, you know, kind of tops in the league. Uh, I'm not sold on Tua putting two wide receivers uh, who also have the 30th ranked wide receiver schedule in the top 18, which is where Waddle is being drafted at. I just I'm not seeing enough volume there, especially Mike McDaniel comes from the Shanahan tree where they like to run that ball <laughs> along with Tua. Just all he's shown us is camp highlights to this point in his career. I'm so not you, seeing it. For so Waddle. you got a sophomore slump, a good old fashioned sophomore slump. Yeah. For sure. Okay. And not and not not anything at Waddle's expense. I think that's going to be limitations of the offense yeah. and and the quarterback and the addition. Okay. And then Wes, did you have an additional or is Keenan yours? No, Keenan was mine. Okay. Um if we're lacking on time, we could do speed date style through the rest of it. Uh, uh yeah, we can give me yeah, we can do one word answers to get through tight ends. Um, but let's do rookie wide receivers, one or two players with names only. Yeah, West. Um, for me, Drake London volume will be there. Okay, Cody, he, rookie wide receiver, Wando Robinson, same <laughs> exact role that I just talked about Isaiah McKenzie being in. <laughs> All right, uh, and then we'll wind down with tight ends. Wes, tight ends to or a tight end to avoid. I'm going Mike Kosecki. Uh He's not a, a type of tight end that McDaniel prefers. Okay. Cody, your tight end to avoid. Uh, I don't have any tight ends on my list, but I can gladly give you Herb Smith. Uh, a lot of people are still banking on the potential in the Mike Zimmer offense, mm-hmm. not the Kevin O'Connell three-wide offense. Oh, okay. So avoid Herb Smith because it's kind of like a Higby type of forecast. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. that's fair. I don't like it, but it's fair. Yeah, I mean, he's great as a blocker. He'll be utilized like that. Yeah. If we forecasted this Irv Smith breakout for four years, every single summer, and it just never happened, I'm going to be like, God, oh, what a waste. Uh, who is your unsung tight end, Cody? Uh, unsung tight ends. Uh, I got, um, once again, I don't have them on the list, but right to mind comes Dalton Schultz and Dallas Goddard. These are two tight ends taken outside of the big five who have shown nothing but eliteness since they come in the league and, Everybody wants to make excuses for the why they can't be there. Are either one of those dudes ahead of Hawkinson or slightly below? For for me, they are Dallas with their lack okay. of uh, targets to go around. And Goddard has exceeded in metrics that only Kelsey has exceeded. And I'll have to find the tweet later to share with y'all. But it, it's with like uh, catching prowess downfield and okay. depth of target and stuff like that. The South, the pro, South Dakota product, high praise. Uh, Wes, a tight end, unsung to covet. Uh, Cole Komet. Uh, he's going to see the volume. Uh, he's a trusted fields target. Uh, last year, he had a 
really good year. Uh, didn't have any touchdowns, so there's going to be some positive uh, regression there. Uh, Cole Clement. Okay. Cole Clement's a great one. Uh, tight ends drafted too high, Wes. I have George Kittle. He is a beast. <laughs> uh, he always gives you three or four oh shit games a year uh, and does nothing the rest of the year. Um, one thing that a lot of people don't realize, mobile quarterbacks, they historically hurt the fantasy football value of their other uh, compatriots, be it running back, wide receiver, tight end. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Cody, we have, let's see, tight ends, unsung tight end to covet. Sweet. Uh, once again, off the top of my head, I got Zach Ertz. He's someone who is unfairly being pushed in the top 10 of all rankings. I think based on his time without DeAndre Hopkins being hurt last year, uh, I think added a competition with Marquise Brown and then DeAndre Hopkins coming back, what, after week six? Uh, it's going to lead to a lot less targets for Zach Ertz, not to mention he now has yet another second round tight end chomping at his heels. Once again, this time in the desert with Trey McBride. Uh, I expect the Cardinals as a whole, but Zach Ertz to underperform at his ADP. Okay. And then let's see, Wes, you're to, no, no, you got Kittle. Yep. You're rookie Wes. Uh, I have Daniel Bellinger with New York. Um, he's going to be the clear cut starter. No real competition there. Um, not many other tight ends, rookie wise, are going to have are going to be able to see the field. And Cody, the round finish out the show. Top rookie uh, tight end. Yeah, to go with Wes saying how rookie tight ends don't really make many plays. I got Isaiah Likely with the Baltimore Ravens. He's a tight end two over there. No tight end scored more TDs in college uh, since 2018 than Likely. Um, let's see, he had a college dominator rating second to only Pat Fryer, so that's ahead of Kyle Pitts and all these other guys coming out. Uh, and he's really just an uber talented wide receiver playing in a tight end frame in an offense that utilizes tight end more than anything else. So, uh, he could possibly have some standalone value this year, just probably no top 15 works <laughs> in the future. I like that when they try to sneak that when they have those wide receivers that are basically tight ends or vice versa. There was, yeah, was you, like eight years ago, was it Kelvin Benjamin mm-hmm. who ended ended up on the Bills or ended up on the Panthers? And whatever team he jumped to, I saw him the following season. I was like, come on, guys, this is just a tight end. <laughs> let's yeah, just, and, let's and just they're always it. they're always six foot four and two hundred and forty pounds, <laughs> every single one of them. <laughs> yeah, there, there was I can't obviously I can't remember the game, but I remember it seeing him and thinking, wait a second, they're pulling one over. Like, just call him a tight end. It's okay. Oh, yeah, with the Giants? I thought that was offensive line. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, that's what we got. We'll come up with some sort of NFL preview show because when we air next week, we'll be on the night before. And when you flip the calendar, probably by the time you're listening to this, it will be month of September. So we're almost there, gentlemen. All right. All right. Have a wonderful week. Later. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.